You're going to enjoy hearing from Edna in Oregon today. And I can't believe they took away my planning period this week. And finally, who is that slamming on the students that are my favorite ones to teach? It's episode 24, Substitute Teacher's Lounge. All right. I would like to welcome Edna to the uh, Substitute Teachers Lounge today. We've been trying to get away, uh, together for a while. Happy to have her here today. Edna, how are you doing this morning? I'm feeling good. Good, good. Now, why don't you, just to start us off, let us know how long you've been subbing, what you did before that, that type of thing. Mm, I've been working a little over a year substituting as a teacher. Before that, I worked in mental health, um, residential, Good. with mostly schizophrenics. Um, okay. I also did, before that, five years as a paraeducator substitute. So I have that experience. And then before that, I went to college. I went to college in my 40s. I was okay. kind of a late bloomer. <laughs> what Now, remind us what area of the country you live in. I'm in Oregon. In Oregon. Okay. You're in Oregon. Just, just outside of Portland. Okay. I've actually been to that area, so I know the area. Uh, now, I assume you've uh, taught several different types of classes. Are there any particular classes you either enjoyed or would like to promote? Well, I think that every substitute finds their niche. And my niche is in special ed. Okay. Uh, pretty much all kinds of special ed and high school. And I really like working with autistic children. Right, right. I also really enjoy going to our local detention center. Oh, good. Yeah. The I, When I'm asked to do uh, the special education, I, of course, accept. I've probably done about a half a dozen of those, and I've enjoyed every minute of each day, and it's been in various different capacities. So. I always tell people, you know, if, if, if you ever get the opportunity, give it a try and it, you know, you might even shock yourself how much you enjoy that. Go ahead. Yeah, I really enjoy something? it. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I really enjoy it. I, I enjoy, <laughs> I kind of, there's two sides of the spectrum. I kind of enjoy the special ed kids with the uh, lower academic levels, Uh huh. but um, th we have a school that's real close to me that is uh, geared for students, high school students that are at the higher end. In fact, okay. all the classes there are half college credits, half high school credits. And so the two things that I noticed that they have in common is the students really want to be there. Right, and, right. And so I like both ends of that spectrum. And then I started going to the detention center and when you walk into the building and those doors lock behind you, oh wow! you know that you're in a prison. You're and right. some people can't handle that. And it's right. kind of claustrophobic. Uh -huh. But once you get into the classroom, I find that students are students. Now, yes, the language is a little more colorful. Sure, sure. And, you know, they want to 
push boundaries a little. They want to sit on the back two legs of their chair and, you know, they, (laughs) I don't know. Sometimes I think these kids have seen movies of, you know, wild kids and they want to mimic it a little. It it (laughs) always reminds me of those goofy movies, like from the seventies about substitute stuff. I probably saw them all. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, I just kind of laugh because they just, they're just kids. They're just kids that want to yes. learn. Yes. But they don't know how to ask for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I, of course, I've never uh, tried to do that in that environment, but I certainly admire you for doing that. How about that? Would you recommend that to others? I, if if we find ourselves in a detention center type request, would you recommend that to others? I do recommend it to certain people. It's not for the timid. Right. It's, that makes but sense. But if you have a good sense of humor and if your heart is in the, in the teaching, if you truly believe that education is the ladder out of poverty, then yes, go in there by all means because those students, they need to know that people in their community care about them. Right, right. And I really like the way you so said that. Huge. Right. And so if you are the kind of person who really wants to help your community, then yes, by all means, walk in there, let those doors lock behind you and go in. But but do know that you're you're going to have to follow the rules. Don't let yourself get cornered. Right. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Right. You know, you made you also made one comment in one of the emails that you sent me that this was your perfect career now. Why don't you explain that a little bit to the listeners? Well, I'm 61 years old. Uh-huh. And as you know, that's that's the 60s is when you're starting to consider when should I retire? Right, well, I'm right there with you. <laughs> financially, I should never retire. The experts say that I should have hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> and I don't I'm like most Americans I you know have a little bit of money in my checking account I am very fortunate that I own my condo so Good. there there's that but I am not even close to where I should be financially now I looked at the average amount of social security that I can get right. if I retire at 62 and it's it's almost exactly half of what I need. <laughs> so All right. I'm a single woman and um, substituting is the perfect job because I can work as much or as little as I want pretty much. Now, sometimes like the month of December is a little rough. They got like a whole week off there, you know, and some of the work is a little scarce. So I might have to take a few jobs that. I don't like as much like third grade or fifth grade or something. Right. You're braver but, than me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I can work pretty much full time or close during the school year. Right. And yeah, I might have to pick up some temporary work in the summer or something. But when I do cross over to the social security living, then I can work, I figure, you know, three to four days a week when the weather's right. good. When the weather's bad and it's all frosty on the streets and I don't want to drive, right. I can stay home. 
So it's like the perfect transitional career for someone at this age. And if you, now every state's different, but pretty much if you have a bachelor's degree in any subject, you can become a substitute. You do have to jump through a bunch of hoops. They don't make it easy, but it's worth it. It is, if you want to give back to your community and get paid usually well for it, especially on the West Coast. I will say I'm very fortunate. The West Coast substitutes pay well. Good. And I do wish that it paid that well everywhere else. (laughs) But of course, the cost of living is different everywhere. So who knows? uh, Yes, absolutely. Even in my area in Kentucky, the the smaller school districts pay less than the larger ones. Now, the ones that live, live in larger areas are also paying more money for basically the same house. So you've got all that as well. You know, you sounded like you were telling me the story of my life because I'm the same age as you. I got into it for basically the same reason. It's, it's kind of funny. Me and my wife used to be in charge of church camps and we always enjoyed it, but I was an accountant all my life. And when I started subbing last November, you know, I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed it. So that that was a perfect answer to that question. <laughs> well, I've had a background. First of all, I loved my own children. I have three children. Uh-huh. So do I. And, I, and then I got involved in Boy Scouts and um, oh, nice. the pack mother and, you know, did all that. Also, um, I had a peculiar job when I was younger with the kids and I did it for five years. I was the nanny at a church. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, um, because of that, I ended up being a chaperone for a few church, um, outings that the kids okay. did yeah. overnights. And it was so funny because I never thought of myself as a chaperone kind of person. I grew up in the 70s. I was kind of a hippie, you know, <laughs> not what you would call a role model. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but raising kids does something to you. And yes. I started kind of during that time, really starting to become more interested in the kids in my community, kind of outside of my family. First, I was very family focused. Right. But then, you know, their friends, my kids' friends, and then the church kids and the Boy Scouts and stuff started making me more interested in a a little bit wider sphere of influence. And um, I started to realize that I have some influence and of course, I grew up on things like the Brady Bunch, so that was my role <laughs> model, was the Brady Bunch and the Partridge family. And so when I saw those children and I saw that I was actually kind of an influence, that's a little bit of a power trip, I think. It is. You know? it, it, it's, uh, it's humbling and exciting at the same time, I found. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. And, and then you can kind of steer them you know, in a little bit better direction. Right. And that's, that's what I really get a kick out of. And sometimes as a substitute, we have this, these little moments of opportunity and sometimes they're just a couple of minutes. And especially when I go into places like the detention center where you can just kind of make a little, a little push you know, or just plant a little seed 
Exactly. And, That's a perfect way of them, saying that. Yeah. And give them, give a student an idea that maybe they could, you know, take the next rung of the ladder to get out of poverty. I agree. And, and even, even if you don't see the, that happening yourself, like you said, you might've planted the seed that gets cultivated a little bit later on and, and it leads to exactly what you're saying. That, that sounded great. I mean, I am shocked uh, to this day of how many kids that I've taught just come up and share with me so many stories about their family and even what they're going through, whether it's happy or sad. And, you know, I just try to listen and be there for, for what they need. So I, I, it sounds like we're kind of in the same boat in that regard. It, it truly is amazing. You know, you can have this little short moment with someone in an alternative school that I was working where the kids are pretty rough. Um, this young girl that was mm, kind of mouthy, uh, about 13. Right. She, at one point, asked me about my parents. Well, my parents have been dead for years. And I'm, you know, after a right. decade or so, you kind of get over it. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and they died of, well, you know, smoking and things like that. So it wasn't right. exactly natural causes. Uh-huh. But anyway, they, you know, my dad is dead. And she asked me specifically about my father. And I said, oh, he, he died. He died in 1981. And uh, she immediately, her whole demeanor changed. And she shared with me that her father had died in January. And we were like in, well, it was this year. So it must have been like November, October, that area. Right, right. So a month and a half or so ago. So she's, I mean, her dad had died within the year and she's a little teenage girl. Right. And from that moment on, she was much kinder to me because we had this similar bond in her mind. Common things to talk about. She um, later uh, gave me, I guess, what is currently a huge compliment. She said that the class was really chill. While I was that, that is a compliment. <laughs> and she said that she goes, "Why don't you come back to this school? I like you." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's always nice to hear. I agree with that too. Uh, you know, it's 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 kind of ironic how similar uh, our stories are. I I lost my father last year, last May, and I've I've shared some of that with the kids, and it you know, and they all want to talk about you know their own family situations. I probably teach to be on a sixth grade more than any others. And all you have to do is throw out a topic and they, they want to talk about that topic from, or throw out an experience. I should say they want to talk about that the rest of class. So I can really it's relate true. to what you said. Yeah. It's so true. And it doesn't matter which class you go in. It doesn't matter what age. I mean, I have been in kindergarten classes and they want to know about me and right. Oh, I do. I love teaching the little ones. I don't like the class size. The class size, that's another thing. For anybody who's voting, please, please, please <laughs> approve those bonds. Let's do something about the class sizes. Yes, for sure. For one adult is too much. Right. How many kids did you say? 35. 35. Okay. 
35 to 37 is standard in most of our classrooms in in regular classrooms. And it's just a lot. And when you've got kindergartners, it's like keeping track of cats. It's so (laughs) hard, but, but I've had such beautiful moments with the little ones. Like one little girl, she drew a picture and gave it to me. And she said, this is you. And this is my family. (laughs) And we're on vacation in Hawaii. Oh, wow. Look at you. <laughs> I know. I still have that picture. I love it. Oh, I so- do too. All the pictures that, <laughs> that that the kids have given to me, I've kept. I, I, kept, I We talk about them from time to time. So it it's kind of a nice starting point for another conversation too. Everyone, <laughs> anybody who has a heart to help children really should be a substitute because it is so amazing. It helps you stay in the present time. Children help you stay in the present time, which I think that most of us are trying to strive for. I agree. And it keeps you relevant in your community. It's just, it is the greatest career for this time in your life. And honestly, I work with younger people who love teaching and plan on becoming teachers this is their career goal. Right. They have so much energy. They're fun to be around. I've worked with other people that, you know, are kind of in the middle of their life and they changed careers and they've found teaching. You know, maybe they're going to do it for a short while. Maybe they're going to um, stick with it. Some pe- a lot of people are doing multi-jobs. They might substitute and also deliver for one of the delivery companies on the side. There's so much flexibility, so many options. Getting to choose your schedule is just, it's the greatest job. I, I totally agree with you. I, I mean, I, 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 like I said before, I couldn't believe I enjoyed it as much as I did, but it, knowing that you're, you're helping those, those kids, whether it be on a personal level or an, or a, a subject level, it's really a good feeling. Or just knowing that you're helping the school. Sometimes I walk into one of those schools, like I'm not kidding you, some of the high schools, and they have 30 teachers out. And they're so grateful that you walk in. Because when they don't have enough (laughs) teachers, those teachers have to double up. They have to have their counselors go in and be, you know, run classes. Sometimes, I'm not kidding you, the secretary had to go in yes. and run a class. It yes, gets really bad. We have Yeah, such that's a- happened to me. Too. In fact, there was one day where they had to move so many people around. I moved to four different classes in the same day. So I know mm, exactly what happens. you're talking about. Right. It, and we need more substitutes. And honestly, really, you guys need to seriously consider it as a career because it or a part-time job. It's it's flexible. It's great. And the demand, these are children, our children in our community, they need us. They need us bad. Totally. Totally. Well, let me ask you this before we, before we close, cause I know you and I talked about it a little bit before we came on air. How do you handle situations that, you know, maybe a, a student gets under your skin or, or, and you try not to be over, not over aggressive, but you know, just how, how do you handle difficult situations like that? Well, behaviors. Um, first of all, you got to pick your battles. And a lot of times I'm working with other staff. So I let 
I try to defer a lot of the behaviors to the staff that work with the students every day. But if it's just me in a classroom and the behavior, sometimes they do start to get a little under my skin. Uh-huh. I try to, you know, take a couple of breaths, like the three deep breaths that we're all <laughs> supposed to be doing. And I try to refocus, redial myself to why I'm there, you know, and I am there for them. You know, I'm not there right. for my own ego. Right. I'm there for them. And yeah, if they want to make fun of a substitute or give me a bad time, you kind of need to look a little bit below the surface and realize that something's going on with them. They're deflecting. Yes. They're, they're hurting somehow. Yes, I agree. And if you can find in your heart some way to be sympathetic. Now, there's a couple of ways that I do it. Sometimes I just don't engage. If they're needling me, I just won't engage. And I'll look at them and I'll say, I'm not going down that path with you. Just <laughs> right there, you know. Or other times I'm able to redirect a little bit. Now, I have sent kids to the office. I'm learning this craft as I go. Right. And I'm getting better at it. And I've done, I've sent a few kids to the office in the past when I was and I look back now and I'm going, you know, I probably could have handled that a little bit differently. I've done so that a couple times too. you have to be able to forgive yourself too. Right, right. You get better at it as you go. I agree. And also I read all of the substitute forms on Facebook. I've got about three of them. I've got yours, your, your <laughs> Facebook group. But I've also got about three others that I read. I do too. I do too. I do too. And I'm constantly trying to hone my skills as a sub. Right. I'm also trying to learn that Kahoot, which I'm trying <laughs> to figure it out. And um, there's a couple other ones, uh, ReadyWorks, I think, or ReadWorks. And I've heard of those. Yeah. And I'm trying to learn that because right now, um, even though I'm not licensed to do a long-term position, the need is so bad that I'm currently at our detention center not in in our state, I can only uh, substitute nine days. So I'm doing nine right. days, one day off, nine days, and I'm substituting because they had to. They call them pods. They had to, we had such an influx of um, students in our detention center that they had to open up a new pod. Gotcha. And so I'm literally having to kind of teach myself on the fly how to get curriculum for these kids because right. the couple the few teachers they have in there are so overwhelmed right the need is just so bad but we live in a wonderful age you just get online and google stuff and before you know it you got a youtube video teaching <laughs> that's how to right do stuff. and it's that hard Right. I, I've mentioned Khan Academy too. There, there was a time when I had to teach statistics to sixth grade and I, I could just tell they kind of had that glazed over look. So that night <laughs> I went home and found a couple of, con it's, maybe they saw my glazed over look too. Uh, I, yes, I found I a couple of, con right. <laughs> <laughs> I found, yeah, it's, it's contagious. The, uh, yeah. but the Khan Academy videos, they really like, and they, they seem to explain them fairly simply. And, uh, so that helped me out. Well, listen, I've enjoyed today. Is there anything else you would like to share with us before we get out of here? 
I think we've covered the topics that I was hoping to cover. Yes, I, I, I've i got all my lists checked off. It was great talking to you today. I, I, I'm hoping to get to talk to people all across the country. Uh, the episode that's coming out in uh, on just a couple of days, I, I talked with somebody from North Carolina, so and now I can include Oregon on the list. So I really appreciate you all taking the time to do this. Well, maybe you can hit somebody from the East Coast, too. I'll do it. North Carolina is <laughs> sort of east. You're talking about northeast, I assume. Like up in, I was uh, thinking like right on the coast, like New York or something. New York, Pennsylvania, <laughs> all those guys. All right. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, Andy, you have a great week, great holiday, and we will be seeing you soon. Yep. You have a great day. I'll be following you. All right. Thank you. Bye. That was Edna from Oregon. That was a great interview. I love doing interviews with you guys. Please contact me on the Facebook page, Substitute Teachers Lounge, if you're interested. Or you can email me at gregcollinsubstitute at gmail.com. I'd love to talk to you guys. I'll just close with these two thoughts as we are recovering from our Thanksgiving overeating uh, few days we've had. I I mentioned the... uh, when I first started, I was kind of shocked, you know, that I got a planning period every day. I, I probably knew it existed, but I hadn't really thought about it. And I'm thinking, here's an hour off. What am I going to do with this? And I, I spent most of the time reading. And then uh, a couple of weeks ago, they took my planning period away because of a need in another classroom, which I enjoyed when I went there. But I'm thinking, man, I so I go from one extreme where I'm saying, well, what am I going to do for an hour if I, during a planning period to almost overreacting when they took it away and say, how, you know, how dare they take my planning period away? But I'm kind of glad they did. And let's, let's not be, try to be too selfish and go where the needs are and help out all the schools as we can. And then finally, I noticed when I walked into a classroom, one of my favorite groups to teach, the substitute the day before had just left lots of notes about how misbehaved they were. And I'm thinking, man, was this the same group of students that I've had? And I, I kind of got their perspective on it because they brought it up when they came into the classroom. I would just encourage us all do our best not to walk in the classroom with a chip on our shoulder, ready to write everybody up that does anything and instill, instead try to be as encouraging as we can look for the positive in everyone. And that's going to make me feel better. That's going to make the students feel better when I do that. So I hope you had a good week. We'll see you next week on substitute teachers lounge. Music provided by Ben Sound.